I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. A little while ago, you you posed a question that uh, this was off podcast that we we should probably address. It got me thinking in recent weeks because of uh, automotive news that had been announced, uh, and we'll tie that in in just a second. But the question you posed was, uh, does the world still need supercars? Oh, yes, I did pose that question, didn't I? Mm, yeah. You did, yeah. Yeah, some some while ago. Yeah, yes. yeah we, we never followed up on that. Uh, no, we but, didn't. But there has been some goings on that made me think about it. And okay. When you and I were younger chaps, supercars were something quite special. Mm. I'm not saying there were few and far between, but there's certainly less than there are today. Yes, that's probably um, fair to say. Yes. Yeah, because we, we, you and I went through the sort of the heyday, the sort of late 80s, early 90s. That was really the time for supercars. Yes, that's when it sort of happened, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. that, that, was, that was peak supercar. Mm, it probably was, yeah. Mm, and I suppose now we've got a bit daft, really, to the point of sort of saying, well, back then you and I would quite happily have those sort of things on the wall, be it Lamborghinis, McLarens, Ferraris. Yeah. But these days, yeah. <laughs> No, you don't, do you? It's uh, and I no. don't. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's. I think it's just the fact that people don't really care. This is no, they st- probably they probably don't. I mean, they got a few too many of them, didn't they? That, that's particularly the particularly around the nineties era. It really got going. You know, companies like Koenigsegg and things appeared. You know, in the early noughties as well. And it, yeah, it all st- there was so much of it. Um, and some of them, you know, you'd never heard of, but they were nevertheless. There's another supercar, and yeah, it it all. Um, yeah, it all started to get a bit silly, really, and and they were all ridiculous prices that no normal person would ever be able to afford and yeah it all got a bit a bit silly and there were companies starting to appear who only made supercars yeah there was um, a lot of that and yeah. i mean there still is a lot of that there still is a lot of that yeah i mean there's a lot of ridiculous stuff going um uh one of those daft ones that spring to mind would you remember hennessy who did the venom <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I still think that's going somewhere along the line. It probably like, is, and that's think, all they do. Yeah, you're um, just going, what you've done there is you've stretched a Lotus and put a colossal engine in it. You, you... Yeah, yeah. a lot of them weren't actually very good. A lot of them were parts bin specials, mm. absolutely. Wasn't there a make called, or did I, or did I dream this? Or was there a make called Gumpert or something like that? Oh, yeah, they did the Apollo. There you go. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, there's another one. Yeah, there's um, the Germans, uh, and I think they've gone in and out of existence several times. Yeah, and it's um, just it all got mm, a bit silly. It did get a bit silly. Spiker was another one, of course, that that was a name that got a bit more high profile. But it did, yeah. yeah. And I suppose you could sort of say for that one, that was more that was more sports car than supercar. That was something. 
It probably was, although... It was a bit special. Still quite special and still very expensive. So, Mm. yeah. It's Um, mm, very tricky, but... Yeah. Okay, I guess you think. I think, like, for you and I, I think peak moment was sort of... You had that 90s era of going right where you've got your Lamborghini Diablo, your Bugatti EB110, your McLaren F1, Jag XJ220. That was kind of... Those are all quite analog cars. Yes, Um, they were very analog cars, very much in touch with the driving experience. But they were all from companies who did other things as well. They weren't just about supercars. Yeah, these weren't niche brands. Um, No. I suppose suppose you could say that um, McLaren was because they hadn't really done a road car, but at least they've got racing heritage. True. Yeah, Um, true. uh, Yeah, so that's fine. And Bugatti, again, in and out of bankruptcy. They were, at the time of the EB110, Italian-owned, I think. Yes, and that's probably true. Yeah, and that that there's a really there's a fantastic documentary on YouTube about that car in Italian, uh, you <laughs> do, uh, which you do need to make sure the subtitles are on for, unless you are fluent. Yes, um, but it really I'm, interesting. I'm not really interesting. That is, um, but mm. they they had great plans for it, but you can see from this documentary it was never going to come to fruition. Yeah, um, yeah, and I remember because I, I mean that was that that was quite a crazy car because it was quite a small capacity V twelve, but then they went four turbos. Are <laughs> <laughs> we sure that's enough? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I know the supercars were kind of showcases for their technology and also test beds for their technology, and mm. the stuff would filter down to the more sensible models. But sometimes you you look at it and you think that's just some rich man's fantasy that you've had enough money to actually build. Um, yes. I think there's been a lot of that going on, and, yeah, stick that on sale, we, we might make three of them. That's and, right. Um, yeah. And that that's kind of where we're at now, isn't it? We've, it's, I think it is, yeah. Well, and it, we've kind of transcended, haven't we? Because we've gone past supercars and we've arrived at hypercars now, haven't we? We've now arrived at hypercars, some of which are beginning to be electric, because mm. obviously that's that's going to be the future for that sort of thing. And if you are going for something that's got out-and-out performance... An electric drivetrain is clearly the obvious thing to choose now because you'll get more performance out of that than you will out of an internal combustion engine for considerably less money. Yes. Um, And um, you'll be able to sell it um, after 2030 as well, which is also probably... um, Yeah, it's quite uh, useful. ...of interest to them, yes. Yes. And that's the thing, though. Is it... If you've got any interest in it, though, no, not really. No, there you go. <laughs> See, there's the problem right there. No, not really. Because no, there's, you, there's just nothing there, is there? Do you remember the big, the big hoo ha of oh, when would it have been? 2015, 2016, of trying to get uh, a side by side test of the LaFerrari McLaren P1 and Porsche 918. 
Oh yeah, I do remember something about that. Yeah, yeah, there was a big, a big song and dance, mm. and it finally happened. And you just go, that was a bit anticlimactic, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what did we What did we learn from that? Do you Not... Do you know what I've watched several people do it? Because um, obviously, uh, that was a big selling point for the grand tour. The yes. first series they did it, but I believe the Drive Channel on YouTube did it first before them, <laughs> right? I think because didn't they have didn't they have Chris Harris? Tiff, yes, well Tiff he was Nadell. working he yeah. was working for Drive at the time, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiff Nadell and is it Marino Franchitti or am I talking nonsense? That does ring a bell. Um, that does ring a bell. Yeah. So. <laughs> And while while I really enjoyed that, and we've we've said before actually that the Drive Channel was actually really cool. It was. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's not their fault that it was kind of a bit of a come down when those cars actually hit the track with each other. No. Um, no, but, not at all. Uh, my like you reason, say, they're they're just not they just don't grab you, do they? Um, they don't. They've all they've all gone too silly and too irrelevant. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it is. And actually, people, even collectors and sort of wealthy buyers, aren't going for them anymore. Um, mm. Because if you're, you know, you look at where the smart money's going with cars at the moment, they're buying more ordinary stuff. They're buying the more everyday stuff because that's where the value is now. People have the market certainly seems to have fallen out of love with supercars, um, yeah. and they're just not they're just not buying them. You know, even the likes of Harry Metcalf has talked about this that you know, in terms of investing, which is another reason people yeah, have yeah. bought supercars over the decades. Um, no, it's just not there. Um, no, no, it's not. Um, you you're far better off actually sinking your money into something like a Sierra Cosworth or something like that. Um, yeah, something. Well, yeah, something more every day, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Exactly. That's what's being bought up, not not supercars. And values have of classic supercars have plummeted as a result because people just don't don't want them. Um, well, that's it. There, there was a I've read several articles of sort of going right. Well. Here's here's a modern supercar uh, that can be had for when I say not a lot of money in relative terms. Um, <laughs> the kind of a list price of uh, one that I actually quite like the look of, and one that's almost of interest. Of almost uh, the McLaren seven twenty. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, li- I like that. I got I got yeah. a lot of time for it. Yeah. But the second hand prices of that, the arse has dropped out of it. Yeah, completely. Relatively completely. speaking. And as a result, I've heard that um, there's quite a lot of McLaren dealers in a bit of trouble mm. these days because they just can't shift the cars for what That's they it. for what they have paid for them. That's right. Um, I mean, that is, that is one model that I've given as an example, but there's a lot in the McLaren yes. range. Yes. Um, um, and are... and I, I did, under as, as part of the deal of being a McLaren dealer, they had to buy a certain number of the cars, mm. um, and now they can't shift them even for what they've paid for them. 
Mm, that um, is a problem and yeah that's a serious problem <laughs> yeah well the, that's kind of a problem all on its own because there's something about the brand um that that i mean here we are discussing it never having driven one or likely to oh but, with our, our seconds of knowledge of this <laughs> but yeah but to the casual observer and to the people who've driven them there's that there's that clinical approach. It's too sterile. Yeah. Of just going, is yeah. this an interesting car? Why I know, I've heard the same thing. I've also I mean Porsche get criticized for that a bit as well. Um, that the cars are technically brilliant, but not mm. a lot of passion there. Um but and I know been, you're a big Porsche fan. Um I suppose that they've got They've got history on their side, though. But they do in, have in, history in road and... car terms. I mean, yeah. yes, they do. They they are steeped in history, mm. uh, and they're very proud of their heritage. McLaren don't have that so much. No, you think you think back to the F1, and you go that that blew everyone's mind. Yeah. But when they came out with the MP4 12C, everyone went, "It's all right." Yeah, I know. Yeah, you just look at it and you think. Mm. Yeah, it, it, I didn't do anything. <laughs> that that's it because at the time everyone said, "Well, it's probably better engineered, better put together." But I'll have a Ferrari four five eight. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? And that's mm. what they were up against. Mm. Um, plus, that I've read that they have had and have had a lot of build quality issues. Oh, really? Um, yeah, a lot of build quality issues, a lot of customer service issues from the dealers. There's a, a I've read online about this. There's there's quite a growing dissatisfaction among McLaren customers. Hmm. A lot of things beginning to break and not getting fixed properly. Cars going back to dealers for work multiple times, and oh, cars dear. cars being returned with problems not resolved dealers not really wanting to know um you know very unsatisfied in fact there's even a couple of the sort of car youtubers that have done pieces on this um that mclaren from an aftercare point of view and from a build quality point of view um yeah got some got some issues oh dear Mm. whilst we're on the subject yeah that is a problem yeah yeah that is a problem that is, I, I didn't know that, and i i wouldn't I wouldn't have expected that from McLaren, to be honest. Well, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that, as we mentioned earlier, because of the way McLaren have set up the relationship with the dealers, and they make them, you know, they make them buy a certain number of cars at a fixed price, and they have to take that number of cars, or they can't be a dealer, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That they get stuck with cars that are not selling because they can't sell them at a competitive price. Um, And so they're left sitting around in dealers for months, you know, and the things are, you know, they're, they're a delicate car and things are, are, are breaking Uh, or the cars are not being checked properly when they come in because they're coming in and going straight into storage. Right. Okay. Um, And I think there's been some issues where people have bought, you know, a seemingly brand new car, and then they discover actually it's been sitting in a warehouse for nine months, or worse, been sitting outside 
Oh shit! For six months, mm. and you know, there's you know, there's issues. You know, you you don't expect your brand new car to have the discs all rusted over and things like that. So, um, yes, that's and again, true. because dealers are so pinched on the margins. I mean, I know they are anyway in new car sales, but you know, if they're even potentially looking at a loss mm. on each one, um, they don't really want to know if it comes back with a load of problems because then they're just increasing their losses. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just lock the door and pretend not to be there. Right. Um, so I yeah. think McLaren of it's not so much that the cars are, are particularly badly built. Uh, I think the way that because of financial constraints and the way they've set up the business model with their dealers, it's causing cars to be left sitting around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's fatal for that sort of thing. Uh, yes, yes, not not good at all. No, so, so that's that's something I've I've heard. Um, but you know, Ferrari owners and the like uh, have their fair share of issues too. Um, you know, they're yeah. all any low volume car like that is is potentially going to be open to more issues than your than your Ford Focus, aren't they? This is true, but. I suppose with your Ferrari brand or Lamborghini, you've at least got a sense of theatre to go with it. You have, and you are buying into uh, a very uh, old name steeped in tradition and history. And, you know, certainly the Italian ones have, Mm. have got a lot of that going on. I've always felt that McLaren, as you said earlier, is a little bit more clinical, a little bit more sterile, and you don't get, you just don't feel the passion for the brand, even though it's, you know, it's, it's a british brand um you just don't feel the same that you do but i mean again you don't feel the same that you would about jaguar either um you know Mm. mclaren is a bit i don't know it's always left me a bit cold that's it yeah this this current range of cars i can't tell the difference between them Oh, if you were to line them up, I wouldn't know which was which. No, no. not not at all. No, the only I, the only ones I can spot at a glance are the the higher range ones. The P one's easy to grasp. The the Senna because it looks horrendous, and the seven twenty and seven six five because they don't look the same as the lower ones. Yeah, but the rest of them, there's a sea of numbers, and uh, it's good. Nope, no idea. Um, no idea. But which it's such, which, uh, no. such a shame because you think back to when when they announced the McLaren F1 in the early 90s. That was a completely different situation. There was all yes. the excitement for that. Yeah, that's right. But the modern range, meh. <laughs> Can't be bothered, really. Couldn't give a no, toss. No, couldn't give a toss. I'm not. Yeah, no, we wouldn't be very high up on my list at all. No, and the same with I. At the, when they first were announced, the 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 Pagani stuff that was mildly interesting, but now I just just don't really give a toss. No, I think that's gone the same way. I mean, that had a certain amount of theatre about it when it first mm. came out, mm. and you think, "Wow, what the hell have they done there?" Yeah. Um, but and the early Zondas were like that, but now, uh, no, no, not fast. No. I don't think they've aged well at all. No, I think I think the the stuff that they're still churning out the Huayra or whatever you say, Huayra, uh, yeah, that one, yeah, yes, never never been of any interest. An early Zonda, I, I I always liked the way that looked, and I still do. 
A very early Zonda, yes. Um, yeah. And I remember when they first appeared. But any of the current stuff, no. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that, that the guy's name is Horatio, that really doesn't hurt his cause. That adds to it, I think. Because um, <laughs> I think it's pronounced like that. Yeah, but that's how it's spelled. If you've got the owner of a supercar company called Horatio, you go, yep, that'll do. I'll do. I'll have one of those. Yep. Yes. But that's, yeah, I, yeah. I think other than that. And can... from, from what I've heard, he's very engaged with the customer base. He's very accessible, which I like. Um, yeah, but I think he's, he's quite, you know, he's quite open to, you know, he goes to a lot of events and he, he talks to people and he's very, he's very visible, mm. which is, which is nice, but, but that, know. But that's compared to the McLaren stuff. I'd imagine he's they're they're actually earning decent money. Oh, I would think. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, but... yeah. I think McLaren is very you know, like a lot of British um, manufacturers. Um, I think they are they are stricken with financial constraints um, all the time. Same as Aston Martin usually are. Oh yeah, constantly ruined. Constantly knackered, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. But, um, like I said to you at the beginning, there was a reason that this pops into my head again, mm. and it's that, like we say, with this, for your average person who is interested in the car, doesn't really give a toss. No, um, but, and 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 fairness, I I am. I am like that actually. You see an announcement about that sort of thing, and I just you gloss over it. You skip yeah, you to do. the next news yeah. article. You but, do. You do. Um, in recent times, we've had um, the uh, the latest Gordon Murray car announced. We have. Um, and while. Well, his first one that he announced, the T50. Mm, yeah, uh, possibly. The, the fan car. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't particularly interested in. But the second one is pretty sexy. Oh. <laughs> We've hey, had a, we, uh, oh. There was an interlude there. Did you catch something in the zip there, chap? Because you, you went up an octave there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, Someone popped in. That was I didn't even. Someone notice. did. Yes. Um, however, they, they expressed my exact sentiments. Yeah, the, I I still couldn't give a toss. I'm afraid. Uh, I that one that one really captivated me. Why? Uh, because of the uh, the kind of ethos behind the design and build of the car. Uh, okay. The fact that uh, he's gone for the no nonsense approach, going right. This car is going to be as light as possible, with a naturally aspirated engine, a manual gearbox, and focusing on the driving experience, not being a posing dickhead. <laughs> that 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 really captivated me. I think. Yeah, he's captured. Um, he's captured some good 
some good sentiments there i grant you yes uh, make, make it a proper driver's car not just a rich idiot's toy yes yeah that was i mean while you do have to be very rich to own it yes i thought the 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 ideas behind it were fantastic um the design of the visuals i really liked it's mm. quite I, I thought it's quite classically styled Mm. Um, yeah, I suppose I still struggle to get excited about it. Um, no, that that's that's all right. We'll let you off. Um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's one of those things again. You you're either going to care or you're not. Yeah, and and this is the thing, isn't it, about supercars? And back to your original question: is do we do we really need them anymore? I mean, have we ever needed them? I mean that I suppose it de- it depends how you define it. Um, yeah, this is true. I think I think no one needs one. No. <laughs> uh, no. But what what there does need to be is a fine balance. There doesn't you can't saturate the market like we've got at the moment. No, I think there's too many. Now I accept that sometimes they are done as a technical showcase. If you look at if you look look at the cars that Rimac have put out, they are not a car manufacturer and they don't want to be. Mm. That is a technical showcase for what they can do. Their business is about consultancy yep, and helping other manufacturers launch their electric platforms, develop their electric platforms. Yep. Um, they're not actually very interested in selling their own car. No, um, that's fair enough, isn't it? It's yeah. been done as a technical showcase. They'll sell a few because they've got to pay for its development, but um, they're not, you know, they're not expecting to sell thousands of them, and that's not the point. Um, Likewise, I suppose, with Gordon Murray's car, because the ethics behind it are a little bit different, um, and being him, it will be superbly engineered. Um, I think that's a part of it as well. You've, You've hit the nail on the head there. It's him. Yeah, you're getting the man that he, he produced the McLaren F1. Probably, you could you could argue that it was, uh, it was the supercar that just redefined the rule book. Yeah, um, yeah. you're getting his uh, racing heritage as well. Yeah, um, there's because... a lot going. A lot going on there. Well, there is, isn't there? Because yeah. he did. I mean, you think about it. The if we touch briefly on Formula One, because he entered, he started work with Brabham. Yes, and did wonderful things there. And then, then when he moved to McLaren, uh, the MP4 slash four. Uh, which is arguably the most successful Formula One car ever. If you say so. Uh, Well, for instance, in the 1988 season, there were 16 races and it won 15 of them. Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, It was just that everything he touches turns to gold kind of thing. Seems to, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, seems to. So um, to to have that 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 
on a road car with the exclusivity that he's guaranteeing 100 models per car. Mm. Uh, and you go, well, and like you say, I think it's it, it's subjective, isn't it? Because I think the design is is brilliant, whereas you don't care. Really? No. Um, but I accept that the reason behind its existence is better than most. Yes, I think that's it, isn't it? There's a there's a sea of yes. stuff out there that you you that just exists for people to spend money, whereas yes. this exists that... because he wants it to, and there's a very good reason behind it. Yeah, a lot of the other mush that's out there, you get the sense that they've made it because they know they can sell it. Yeah, that's it. Mm. That's as far as the thinking has gone. There yeah. is no other reason for that. That is a money generator for the company that's built it. That's right. Nothing else. There's no other reason behind it. And when you're up at the, and I know, you know, cars, you know, it's a business. Of course, they have to sell them to make money. Mm. But cars at that level, they're never going to sell thousands of them. So there has to be, there's got to be more to it than just earning the money. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth it. And just producing them, A, because you can, and B, because you know you can sell them, it kind of doesn't seem like enough. Well, there's a whole world out there that you or I are useless at. Um, (laughs) And there is, there's an awful lot of Instagram influencing and silliness with supercars. Yeah. That happens a lot. And it does. Um, that, I think that's why these stupid editions exist. And I yeah. don't expect to ever see a GMA T33 in that kind of arena. <laughs> no, I hope not. Because um, no, I, I genuinely think Gordon Murray would confiscate it. Yes. No, you can't have this. I'm taking no, it back. That's yes. it. If you look in the paperwork somewhere, that now shall not per- post this on Instagram. Yes. No. Or this shall not turn up in a rap video. Oh. Yes. Go and buy a Bentley. Yeah, um, that, that's yes. that, This is not. No. Um, and that's the problem, isn't it? There's there's two types of supercars, I suppose. There's ones like that that are beautifully engineered driver's cars and built because he wants to produce that kind of brilliance. Mm. Um, and there's the ones that are a fashion statement. Quite, and, and I couldn't give a rat's hat about that. Exactly that, and yes. you only you only have to listen to him talk about it. Yeah, he, he's he's done a really nice kind of talking head interview on his own website about it. We've seen Johnny Smith do an interview with him about mm-hmm. it. Harry Metcalf's done yep. one. Yeah, uh, and that you can see how he's not only invested money in it he's invested himself in it yes no and i respect that uh but one thing you i'd imagine you'll have noticed as well he was very very adamant that at no point in any of these be his own videos or uh, appearing in other people's that was this car to be referred to as a hypercar that was a hard (laughs) no yeah yeah which is very which is interesting which kind of basically does what we said there. It kind of removes you from that 
iffy category, doesn't it? It does. And what's the difference really between a supercar and a hypercar um, price? I mean, I don't know really. I mean, you could say exclusivity, but being a hundred cars in this instance, that's yeah. fairly that's hypercar that's, territory. But that's fairly exclusive. Yeah. But what he's focused on, it's not it's not ridiculous top speed while it is fast. It's mm. the engineering. It's that yes. high revving V twelve that he said for the T thirty three or we've toned it down a bit. And you go, Are you sure the red line is still eleven thousand one hundred RPM? Yeah. That's toned down. It still sounds like the rapture's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I mean that's the thing it does performance come into the definition of what's a supercar and a hypercar. Um I suppose it's that age-old schoolboy thing of going top speed, I suppose. Top speed, 0 to 60, torque, all that kind of stuff. But on that ground, um, you know, there's quite a lot of electric cars on the market now which are not touted as supercars or hypercars that can outperform what have traditionally been known as hypercars and supercars. That's right, and if you look at those, you'd consider them to be more everyday cars, really. Absolutely. I mean, the Tesla Model S now, the Plaid version, is not far off the um, 0-60 of a Bugatti Chiron. Which is, well, that's crazy, really, isn't it? Because mm. a Bugatti Chiron is over £2 million, whereas you can have a Model S for whatever they're starting from now, 75 something like that. Yeah, I mean, even if you went for the top of the range plaid one, they're hundred and something, aren't they? Hundred and fifty, I think now yeah. for a for a plaid not um, to sixty in one point something seconds, one point nine seconds, I think now the latest version of that. Oh um, my god, you don't you'd gone to the bog before you set off. Oh yeah, you need to do that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you put the pedal to the floor on that, you're just going to go bowels have fallen out. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Where's my eyes gone? Yes. Uh, it's brutal. Mm. Absolutely brutal. Um, but, yeah, the latest Plaid, Plaid Plus Model S is, is 1.9 seconds to 60, I'm sure it is. But to get that in an internal combustion engine, you are looking at something like the Bugatti Chiron for over £2 million. Um, so one is a supercar, the other isn't. Mm. So that definition doesn't make sense anymore anyway. Um, if you're buying a supercar for performance, well, <laughs> you can do it better for a lot less money now. Yeah, it's and have five seats and a big boot. <laughs> so it, it is weird that, mind you, you're, that if you're buying a Chiron, you it's probably not going to be a, a toss up between that and a Model S, is it? When well, you're owning an R-ing, you're going to have you both that? more than often than not. When you probably are. Although, when I bought my Model S, um, the sales guys there were saying, they were, you know, talking about some of the cars they'd had traded in for Teslas. um, And they'd had Ferraris and Lambos and stuff like that traded in against Model S's. That's interesting. So, you know, it did, it has happened. It's had Um, an effect, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It has. People who are buying those cars for out-and-out performance, um, there's there's now another way. (laughs) Okay. Well, I suppose that's it. If if it is performance, then then you do have options. I mean, that's not everyone's motive, I'd imagine, but it's clearly enough people if... If 
it will be some it's already happened yeah it that's... will be some yeah absolutely mm. no tesla definitely had some italian supercar royalty traded in um this was a few years ago now of course whether it's still happening i don't know i'm willing to bet um, this is when this was when that tesla was was much newer to the market um, well i said in the same vein of going well that's the same reason that gordon murray's had inundated with inquiries for a car that's only going to be made in a hundred units yeah uh, there yeah. are people disappointed that yeah they can't absolutely absolutely 1.7 million pounds including your local taxes or bargain <laughs> um yes but i mean if i it's one of those things though if i if i had the wherewithal it i'd be right i'd be right in the queue for that actually that that t33 that i'd be there that would be in your collection that yes. would for yes. the driving factor alone yeah um hmm which is, I don't know, it's not for everyone. No, but... Fair enough. It doesn't, I still struggle to find any excitement for it. I accept it has been built on much more um, pleasing principles. Mm. Uh, and it's not just built because he can sell it. Um, and it's, no, not going to, it's not going to be um, a poser's trinket, as you said. No. Um, and in fairness, I think if he said, oh, we'll make a thousand, he'd sell a thousand. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, without any sort of yeah, sort of hesitation. and that'd still be pretty exclusive. Yeah, but a hundred—that's mm, yeah. I like what he's doing. Um, there is a little elephant in the room, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because I mean, Gordon Murray is is so design-led uh, in his yes. cars. Yes, uh, and that is to be appreciated. The 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 kind of if you look back to the F one and the T fifty. Um, the three abreast thing and the way that the proportions are laid out and the luggage package is such, it's so clever. It's, and the designs are so elegant. And yet, he wears some of the most dodgy shirts known to man. <laughs> he yes. does so. Yes, he does. Yes, yes, he does. Um, well, that's just not a priority, is it? Yeah, but what is that about? I mean, that is actively. I mean, you if you could go and buy shirts of just mediocre levels of tediousness, but he's actively sought out jazzy yeah, shirts. That is weird, isn't it? I mean, maybe it is a sort of counterpoint in his mind to to the car. Uh, I don't know. I can't explain that, but you're quite do, right. <laughs> do you think that centres him a little? That's oh, his maybe. one. That's his one wild side. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe, yeah, he goes all crazy when he orders his shirts and then the rest of the time it's all on lockdown. Yes. See, that's the thing. I'd like to Maybe ask him. Everyone idea. else is asking him about the latest model of car and I think... Yeah. Can we just leave the car for a moment, Gordon? Yeah, we'll, we'll come Your back to that. That's me. <laughs> What's going on there? some serious strobing on the camera here, mate. Yes. But, yeah, it's just it's, every time you see him, you think, that's a bold choice. Yeah, I. Yeah, maybe it is. You know, he's trying to he's trying to counterbalance the the car with something a little bit more. Maybe he's trying to say, you know, I'm not I'm I'm not just this kind of boring staid engineer here. You know, I can I can partay. Uh, I'd imagine he can partay with the best of them. I would think. I yeah yeah. He's, mm. I, I think he's got. There's an 
he seems sort of controlled enough in day-to-day life. You go, there's going to be an unhinged moment there, isn't there? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, I likened it the other day. Kaylee was... I mean, I mentioned it to her. She didn't really engage in the conversation. Um, but uh, I mentioned the shirts. And I said, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Uh, I, I'm not a frequent visitor to the GP. However, you might notice when you do go and visit the doctor, they've, they're dressed in really mundane attire. And if you, uh, particularly I'm talking about the the chaps here. Mm-hmm. And that it's just a sea of beige and corduroy. Um, <laughs> but then you, if you glance down, you get to the socks and you go, whoa, what are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, that can happen. Think, that what can is, happen. Why is this a thing? And I've, I've found it with solicitors as well. These really mundane individuals, but one particular item of clothing about their person is just just overkill. You know who else does that? Mm. That I I remember um, seeing uh, Peter Jones, who was on uh, Dragon's Den. Oh yes, always pale grey, pale grey suit, dark grey suit, plain blue suit. So always a white shirt or a pale blue shirt. Fairly plain tie most of the time, mm. and then whoa, the socks! <laughs> so much so, he's marketed them, hasn't he? Yes, he has. He well, got, obviously, what? he has clearly. Of course, I mean, yes. He's case in point, though. He is so boring. He is so boring. Um, yes, he is. He's tried to judge it up a bit lately with a with a slightly um, Alan Sugar style beard, but it's uh, oh, yeah. has he? I've missed that. Yeah, it's going on. Um, the Alan Sugar beard though can bugger off. Yes, it can. Because I'm not sure it is a beard. No, no, it depends on the angle, really. Yeah, it does. Because we've been um, watching The Apprentice actually, because that's back on at the moment. So it's case okay. in point, and just go. It's just a hint of a beard. And I tell you what, what bothers me about The Apprentice is, you know, when they get to the boardroom and he makes mm. his appearance, mm-hmm. it's like he's every time he swaggers in, he pulls that door open. He go, is that the door to the bog? I hope it is. <laughs> Can you imagine him coming in and Karen going, fucking hell. <laughs> you light a candle, Alan. He sits down at the table and says, I'll give that a minute if I was you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Your fire, get out. I can't. Mm. Have you smelt it in that hallway? No. <laughs> I'm yeah, not okay. going anywhere. Uh, you crack a window and I'll leave in five minutes. Yeah. Dirty boy. What are you trying to do to us here? Oh, no oh, need you, for that. Oh, you sent me a picture of Peter Jones. Oh, look see? at that beard. I tell you what, look you at that see? beard. And he's got his he's got his nice suit on and sort of a pretend beard. He looks like he's getting ready for court. I know. He it's does, doesn't good. he? Oh no. No, no he's no, been, he's been told to put that suit yeah. uh, that suit on because he's been caught nicking cars again. And um, yeah. Oh right, you're going for nicking cars, as I was thinking. Oh, sorry, or no, it wasn't me touching myself in the bushes. Um, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're probably closer to the mark there. No, oh, dear, no, he. Oh, he doesn't look happy in that picture. Uh, he doesn't. I don't know what's going on there, but 
Yeah. If I remember, I'll put that on Twitter for people to enjoy when this episode comes out. Oh, well done. Yeah, You can, you can enjoy a Peter Jones going, oh. Mind yeah. you, that face is looking at dickheads picturing him stupid ideas. Yes, it is. He's just been told something absolutely ridiculous. Their numbers don't add up. They can't explain the balance sheet that they've made up. And, um, yeah, that's never going to make any money. That's what that face is. That is, yeah. yeah. We're, one, yes. we're asking for a million pounds for 1%. Yes, of a business we can't explain yeah. and none, none of the numbers add up. Yes. I don't know why he goes back for more, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know why any of them do. I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't think many people watch anymore, do they? I haven't I, watched it for a long time. No, I gave up years ago. Yeah. No, no. Got, well, no. they had quite a churn with the dragons, didn't they? They, they had quite a lot came and went. Yeah, um, the the kind of core set originally that was that was good. Yeah, uh, but mm, after yeah, then it got a bit convoluted. The, I can't remember her name, but the curly haired woman. Uh, we watched until about then. Uh, gave up. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah no, I but, can't remember her name either. No, no. no. But no, and that's it. I mean, we digress. Although actually, we do. <laughs> You bring it slightly back on topic. He's quite a car man. Oh, he is actually. Yes, that's true. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. Uh, Although he did have a Maybach, which was a bit unfortunate. But oh yeah, because that came about because of Top Gear, didn't they? Because he went on with Theo um... Profitas. That's the fella. Yeah, yeah. the uh, stationery and bras. That was it. He, he, he was. He's not yeah. anymore. But uh, yes, he was. neither really is it. Um, no. Uh, yeah, because didn't they both have them? Yes, because they bought them together. That yeah, was, they had oh, they had one each. Yeah. Oh, that transpired. Didn't they both start out with Alpha Suds as well? Yes, I think they may have done. I think that rings a bell. Which yeah. Of a starting point. And didn't one of them have a gold nine eleven? Oh, of course. And he didn't. crashed it. <laughs> oh, kings of taste there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Wasn't my. one of their Maybachs in gold as well? Oh, I've got a feeling it was. It, it wasn't it Theo's. Didn't hadn't Peter bought him a personalised plate for it? Something, <laughs> yes. something. Dre- I can't remember what it was, something but it was something very, dreadful. very rude. Yes, it was either rude or just crass, wasn't it? it was... Wasn't it W four N K R or something? Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes, uh, that. I think it was. Oh, I'd love that. I'd, yeah, that's one of the ones that DVLA should have withdrawn because they do every year, don't they? They withdrew, they withdraw a whole load of ones that spell rude words. They do. I tell you, one that slipped through the net. You're like this. Um, this is from the world of motorcycling, actually. Um, uh-huh. uh, someone. Uh, oh, still my brief claim to fame. I've I sat down and had a cup of tea with him at Silverstone. Um, Steve Parrish, who was Barry Sheen's teammate back in okay. 76 and 77, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him, oh, blimey, it was probably mid-2000s up at Silverstone. And uh, his car was in the car park. Okay. Uh, this was completely unrelated to the conversation that I, that I had with him. I happened to go past his car and uh, my uncle told me, Whose it was? Uh, okay. Uh, the the number plate on it was P E N one S. Of course it was. So perfect. 
Perfect. There you go. <laughs> There's another one I know of, which belongs to a car dealer that I watch on YouTube, second-hand car dealer. Um, and he owns A55 HOL. <laughs> it's a good one. As leaves nothing to the imagination. No, no, no. Yeah. Guess it, it, what it, car it's on. Oh, wow. Car it's on. It's been on several, actually, so you could, you could okay, guess. Just going to go and have a punt and say Range Rover. It's not, actually, no. It's not. No. Oh, go on, then. No, it's currently on a BMW. I believe it's an M4. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was, it was previously on an Audi um, A-something Avant, A... Uh, not sure a six mm, yeah a six avant i think mm. um okay well it yeah. works it works just as well on that than it works with any of those yeah. yes absolutely yeah he's transferred it around a few times oh but, very um, good yeah right okay let's just drag it back vaguely on some sort of we topic. have digressed somewhat from our original question yes we did and we've sort of said no well <laughs> it depends I suppose some there may be some justification for some things that could be called a supercar, but I think actually those would be better off being called sports cars. I think you're right. And I think, no, we probably don't need supercars anymore, and we certainly don't need hypercars. No, um, definitely not. No, I think we, you and I can agree on that immediately. Keep mm. your hypercars and shove them up your body. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. That. Yes, I, I think so. Because in terms of performance, there's a better way. In terms of engineering and driving experience, well, then it's a sports car. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest of it, yeah, you can you can keep it, really. That's um, right. Um, but, you know, you're bang on. Give us, I mean, if you want to label it a supercar, do what you want, but... Just, yeah, sports cars are where it's at. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And if you want out-and-out performance, then these days it's electric. So Yeah, and I think think purchasing kind of reflects that, doesn't it? Yeah, Um, I think it does. And I think the kind of cars that are being being purchased by collectors, enthusiasts, whatever you want to call them, and they're kind of cars that are now being lauded by youtubers and you know to use that horrible phrase influencers oh my um it's it's not supercars and hypercars no no i think you're right um what about if we throw in a bit of a curveball here mm. um they're, they're, while we can agree that it's hypercars can do one supercars are a gray area and sports cars are where it's at mm. uh where do we stand on the very specialist areas of going, right, well, they're certainly in the price point of supercars, but these things aren't. Uh, and a name that springs to mind instantly is Singer. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, that is a spanner in the works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, see, those... The difference, if we take Singer specifically, the difference is that those cars are made to order to the the customer's specifications. 
Yes, but what, what, what does that really differentiate from a hypercar if you're using that as the criteria? That's a very, very good question. I mean, it, it, I don't think of what Singer are doing as hypercars. But in some it, ways, they're very clever resto mods. They are. Because they're based on old cars, aren't they? They're not ground up new. No, 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 they're not. They're, they are existing cars that have been yeah. tinkered. So, <laughs> yes. So they're not coming out of a factory. Mm. I um, suppose that's the difference, isn't it? I think that's the difference, yeah. I think they're made, they're made to order from existing cars to the customer's exact specifications. Um, Singer never have a car for sale. They're always building for someone. Mm. Um, Singer themselves never have a car for sale. No. So, you know, they're not... You can't go to a Singer showroom. <laughs> no. Or browse their selection. Um, I mean, we'd love you know, to, but it's not going to happen. Yes, you have to talk to them and decide what you want, and then you pay your deposit, and then you wait months for them to build it. Um, and it's a very personal process, and you know, no two singers are the same. Um, mm -hmm. And they are exquisite things. Um, um, I suppose we should touch on then, if if we've mentioned singer uh, at the time of recording uh, this. Uh, in fact, today, most of the news has actually been published, although it came out yesterday, I believe. Uh, the Turbo Study. Have you seen this? No, I don't think I have. Have a little Google. I'll look for the Singer Turbo Study. Mm, okay. And going in. be still your trousers. Oh, dear. What am I going to find? Ooh. There you go. Oh, oh, oh! The, the reimagined 930 Turbo. Oh my word! <laughs> oh my word! I did catch a glimpse of this earlier, actually, but I didn't have time to stop and read what it was. Right. Oh, what do we think of that? Um, I'm gonna need some. Um, some towels or something here. Yeah. <laughs> just just dab yourself down is fine. Yeah, it's another keyboard ruined. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Look at it. Yes. I mean I used the word exquisite just now. Uh I think it applies even more to that. I just how can oh. they get something so right? That's oh, incredible, it's, isn't it? It's so subtle as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm just looking at some pictures, some of the details. Mm. Just looking at the the little instrument pods they've put on there. Um, yep. Oh, oh dear, that's tremendous. Yep. Uh yeah. I mean, while it still looks Ooh. utterly nine thirty, it is still nine six four underneath. Is it? Is it based yeah. on this on the same platform that they normally still, use? Yeah. Still okay. nine six four. Um, There's uh, not going to be any of those left in a minute. <laughs> no, no, they'll have they'll have ruined it all. Um, yes. So it's. I think they're saying, although I don't know Ooh. if it's confirmed, but it's still going to be the three point eight 
engine with right twin turbos. Oh, it's a gorgeous colour though. Done that one, here, mm, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I tell you what, one thing, there's a little styling tweak that I like on it. They've got, because um, it's got the 930 uh, kind of black black line under the door and then up past the wheel arch, but they've actually mm. made that into a full-on intake now as well. Yes, I did notice that on the rear, mm. the rear flare. Yeah, absolutely, the rear haunch there. Oh, dear, there's no need for that, is there? Dirty. Yes, it's exactly. Mm. Ooh, Dear, oh dear. But I still don't I still don't think of that as a supercar. Uh no. No, that is I mean it does that form part of our definition then that a supercar has to be mass produced in a factory. I think so, because I think mm. I think It's so difficult, isn't it? Such a weird definition. It's really difficult. And where do we stand on classic supercars? Hmm. See, that's another category, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they were... I mean, your your classic supercars, barring some really obscure ones, like you said at the beginning, they are made by manufacturers you know and love. Yes. Um, And they are flagship models. Yes. Whereas now... Like uh, you, you couldn't accuse McLaren of selling um, run-of-the-mill models and supercar models. They they only produce ridiculous cars. Yes, quite. Yes, absolutely. Everything they make, every hmm. single model in the lineup. Yes. Um, there's no five-door hatch or estate. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but even even if you look at the Ferrari stuff and going, well, the entry-level stuff is crazier than it ever has been. But it's not a supercar. They're still no. What are they on at the minute? The four eight eight Pista, is it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I'm I'm a bit no. crap on that. And yeah. I think I think they're well. They're still ridiculous cars. It's not a supercar. No, got, I don't. They've got think other so. things to deal with that. Uh, but McLaren don't. Their range is a bit iffy. Porsche have got. Uh, a good range, but at the moment, I don't think they're banging out supercars. No, I don't think so. I think it's sports cars. Yeah, um, which they've got the balance right. And I think this, this like I said, this resto modding stuff is a separate thing on its own. Yeah, I think it is a separate thing on its own. I think. Oh, okay, here, here's a little curveball for you. Go on, then. Ford GT. Because hmm. that's from Ford. Now, Ford I... are not synonymous with supercars and hypercars. They're not. The only but time there they... it is. And there it is. Uh, but I would say sports car, and my reasoning behind it is because it the, the latest Ford GT, which came out in about, I think as a road car, it hit in about 2016, 2017. It's getting a little bit old now, yeah. Uh, the reason I say sports car is because it went GT racing. They took it racing, and that suggests to me sports car, not supercar. They did. They did indeed, yes. And obviously the GT has racing heritage. 
mm. um, built by Ford to thrash Ferrari in the 1960s, which it. it did very successfully. It did um, four, four years in a row. Four years on the bounce. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Old Henry was very pleased with that. Yep. Um, yes. Yes, um, with me, will you? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that says sports car to me. I think that's a sports car as well. I was hoping we would fall down on that side. Yes. Um, um, but even... it's an inter- it's another interesting wrinkle to it because that is that is a car that was very expensive, very carefully designed, mm-hmm. proper driver's car from what everything I've seen and read. Yeah. Um, but it is from a manufacturer of predominantly um, very ordinary stuff. Yeah, and it's it's always worth noting when they do something special. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit um, more, and it is more special when it comes from a company like Ford mm. than if it's just another McLaren or another Ferrari because you expect it from them. Yeah, um, but when Ford come out with something like that, you think, oh, actually, yes, you've you've put some effort into that. Yeah, that that's it. That I think that's it. That's effort. That's it's while it is expensive and exclusive, it's not super. No, I don't think it is. Although it had a very exclusive ownership, um, they didn't make, well, certainly in two thousand and four when it first appeared, um, <laughs> and that first one was my favourite of all of them. Uh, yes, Ford um, handpicked a very select group of people to have those cars when they first came out. Yeah, and you think back to that that one because uh, I was talking about the the later one, but that two thousand and four yes. one. Uh, when that hit, they were going up against the. They were aiming for, I think, exactly the three, the Ferrari three hundred and sixty Challenge Stradale. Yes, I believe that's true. Yes. Which was the the fancier version of the three hundred and sixty, but the three hundred and sixty still a sports car. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. I okay. think we've we've. I think we've. Yes, we've clarified a few things there. We have. We've we we basically none of neither of us want hypercars. No. If we want a supercar, it's going to be from the eighties or nineties. Yes. Uh, and if you're going to drop hundreds of thousands or millions of pounds on cars, <laughs> we're either going to have something from Gordon Murray or Singer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that seems to be. I, the case. I think so. We'll have one each and do a bit of a lend yeah yeah yep okay so that's that's cleared that up then that's so that's more of that everyday consumer advice Uh, i think so we're getting quite good at this now yeah sensible buying advice for the the man in the street yes yeah that's right yeah there Um, you go and i suppose just to round it off neatly and tie in everywhere else is if if you can't stretch to these levels I mean, because they are a bit pricey, and granted, you and I would have to save up for this. I um, need to pop a bit in the pig, in the piggy bank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you can't stretch to it, we'll we'll just go for default and say we'll just just get a Mark One Focus. Just buy a Mark One Focus. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Sorted. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>